Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss all right you guys welcome back this is the video we've all been waiting for we're talking about the guns or the possible trading targets for you know leading up to round 17 so the guns you probably would like to pick up in the next few weeks that you can get a good a good little bunch of scores out of them and then try to hold them throughout the rest of the year and a few of these guys are going to be on the borderline there's a few of these guys that i'd say i personally must have so we're going to start with the warriors here we've got all our players uh, up here through the middle. So Tohu, we'll start with in, in that one. And we're going to go through the stats on each of these players and, and work out why they're so important to anyone's side. And, and you can tell with Tohu, he was sitting at about 13% ownership not too long ago. And, and even leading up to that round 14 buy, people were just working out that he's someone that is just super consistent, that we, we don't have many of those players in the game at the moment. And for someone that's going to be averaging 65 for the year and has a low score of, what, 61? So oh, 50, 55, there you go. Um, in his last game, actually. So, you know, before that, his last score was 61 and it was super consistent with a few scores and, you know, 82, 69 and 73 there. So those kind of three games there were like, well, if he has that 60 base and then he's going to, you know, have a chance to score some tries and get the odd try assist and stuff with the um, with the random tackle breaks. And he's the guy for your squad. And I had someone ask me, is he someone that you don't have to bring in exactly because he his price isn't going to change too much. I mean, like, you don't have to bring him in this round. You can wait until round 17, for example. And yeah, sure, you could do that. But I, I don't think that's a smart option. Just with how consistent his scoring is, you know, you could bring in a certain guy right now and he could get a 30-odd. Like, you look at someone like Tamalolo, he's been very up and down in his scoring. He's got one really high 80, uh, 50, and then a couple of 30. So Tohu's just really strong every week. And he's someone that you can even put the captaincy on this week if you don't, you know, obviously with Cleary not going to be playing well, shouldn't be playing, for example. <clears throat> I think Tohu's a great captaincy option and, and someone that every team should have. And really strange that the top 100 is only 74% of teams. I think that'll be very much closer to 100% come the next few weeks. So Tohu's your man to get into your squad very, very soon. Might buy of the week if you don't have him. So Reese Walsh, 
541k. If you look at his scores, he's obviously got two games with lesser minutes, and one of them he's still got 74. So that's great, obviously great signs. His first game ever in the NRL League of 44 against the Storm, which is great. 51 the next week. He then has gone 64 and 66. Obviously with a uh, try in each of them, uh, a bunch of tackle, uh, try assists and stuff like that as well. But for him, he's so involved in that team and he's doing everything that you you can just see that across the game, just he has so many opportunities to get some points. Even if he misses out a few times or if he you know, doesn't get a tackle break in this run, he's then going to run for, you know, he's got 159, 140 227 as like his big uh, fullback running games, for example. So he just has so many opportunities to get tackle breaks, offloads, score tries, set up tries. They're they're putting the ball in his hand as much as possible. And you can see his uh, ownership percentage is really high. So he's someone I think that is going to make another 100 or so K and and could probably be a keeper in the wing fullback position. And you get him from obviously not round 14, but round 15 after his suspension through the rest of the year. I think there's no reason why they wouldn't play him that whole time in the fullback position, which is pretty taxing, but he's shown that he's up to the standard, and I think he's a, going to be a great option for anyone's side going forward. We look at someone like Josh Curran, who is a bit cheaper, thankfully, at 496k, and could be a really good upgrade option for someone like Stefano or Itukamanu, or um, oh, who else are we looking to trade? Who are the guys around that? Anyone around that 450, 500k sort of mark there. Curran could be a decent option to upgrade. He did get named a 13 this week, which I think he should end up playing the 11 or 12 in the second row with Tohu moving back to the 13 or they do that for a little bit and he moves to the edge. The, the only worry is what they, you know, if they do what they did with um, Bailey Sirenen or these types of guys where he only gets a shortened period of time on the park. But yeah, then, and you can, you can have a look at that with, with what happened in round 10 when he actually ended up getting injured. He moves to the interchange bench. So that's my kind of worry with, with picking him up this week. Obviously, you know, it's very clear that he can get 53 points in 33 minutes. He's got, you know, a 48 or 56 in his 80 minutes. 66 in there so when he gets his time that, that 36 was just from a um from a sin bin really lost 10 minutes he would have got somewhere in the mid 40s to 50 so he's someone that does score well when he gets time in the park if he's getting 80 minutes then i think he's going to make another couple hundred k the question is going to be is he going to get that time on the park and yes he's been named to start first game back from his injury which is great but how's he going to be is he going to be completely 100 percent fit is he going to get some time off the interchange and might be worth even holding off for one week and just seeing how he goes. And copying that, you know, the, the the price rise that he gets. If he gets a 50, for example, he should be somewhere in the 520, 30 range. Can you cop that for one week and then possibly pick him up the next week? I think that's probably the way to, to think about it with with Josh at this stage if you're looking to uh, trade him in. Roger at 573 is a slightly more interesting option and a little bit more risky just with the fact that, yes, this week he's going to be playing fullback when Walsh is uh, out, suspended, but then he's going to move to the wing and that's going to cause some issues in terms of his scoring. And you can see a couple of games there since he's moved into that position, he has been named in that winger position twice, but there's also somewhere he'll start at fullback and then he moved over to the wing position. And you can see a 24-37 to then have a really strong game against the Tigers who won't crash hot. Uh, with a 59, obviously, to try, a try assist, 270 metres. So just a bit of everything. And he moved a little bit into the middle and just got a few opportunities on the wing. But then a 37. And, and that's really... The 37s come from him trying to chase some some runs through the middle and, and using those tied forwards to his advantage. And me personally being an owner of him, I wouldn't be suggesting picking him up. I think he's definitely a hold, at least until... You know, if you've held him this long... If you hold him through the round 13 by, I think you could at least hold him to through to the round 17 and then make your decision from there. Obviously, his scoring might not be as strong, but we can uh, we can work that out from there. Just just remember, guys, 
with trades so thin, there's every chance that Walsh gets injured, for example, and then Rogers goes back to playing fullback for the rest of the year. He was averaging over 50 when he was in that position, so he's definitely a keeper-level player. And is uh is almost is pretty much a well pretty well a pod in the in the top five k with only eight percent ownership and five point nine in the top thousand. So thankfully, I can class myself as in the top thousand now. But yeah, we'll have to see how he goes. Obviously, if he doesn't go that well, then it hurts us that they don't him in that top little section there. But yeah, that's the thoughts on Roger there, and we'll uh, we'll check into yeah. So Adam Vanua Blake is the other one that we're going to have to look at over the next few weeks uh, as he returns there, and a six thirty four k. I think he can wait a week or two. Uh, at 634k, he's priced at just under 50. So, you know, for someone who's not owned by one person in the top 5,000, that's something to think about. But look at the look at the scores that he picked up in that first few games. So a 63, a 43, and a 57. And, and that puts him to a nice solid average, really. If you take out that 18, you're looking at, what, 50, low 50s there? For someone that's, you know, that, that makes him close to 100k undervalued. So... I just think after a big injury like that, you've got to at least watch him a few weeks. And I think he's probably more of a trade target or closer to a trade target come round 17. Uh, with his break-even so high, I just don't think you should be worrying about picking him up at this stage. So that's Adam Fanua Blake there. We move to the Dogs team, and Thompson is still someone that we will, we will speak about as he's a good chance of, of being a keeper on anyone's side for sure. He's already priced at 686, though, so you're not really getting him at a discount anymore. Obviously, he's made a fair bit of cash already. He's been scoring well, but he's in uh, he's in one percent of the top hundred, which is one person. Quick math, there you go. Forty in the in the top thousand, uh, and what's that? Five percent of the top five five uh, k as well. So there you go. So that's his scoring at the moment. We're sitting at his low point of the year with a forty six and he's sixty minutes. His minutes has been great. He just had that one low game in round eleven with a forty five minute game, but he still scored a try and did really well. So it looks like. If he gets some minutes, he's going to be scoring well in a long-term basis, and we only have three scores under 50, and that's a 47, 48, and a 46, which is really great. With a bunch of other scores around that 60 mark, you're going to you're going to be looking at close to a 55 average, which is pretty much where he's averaging now. Can he keep that up? I think he can. I think he probably ends the season at a 54 average, which puts him at about 700k where he's at now, um, and could be a solid consistent player who who plays every game for your team since he since he came back in round five he's been there every week and and done his job so he's someone that's a solid option someone who is a little bit cheaper than only a little bit cheaper at 592 and is showing that he has the chops to be a NRL fantasy gun especially in this dog side when he is the complete playmaker and you can see that over the last three weeks especially 342 kick meters 478 and 653 against the Panthers for scores of 54 64 and 79. So for him, if he continues to maintain that role as the dominant half in the in the dog side, then he, he could become a keeper in the in the halves as well. That's kind of the upside you're looking at there. In the top 100, 50% of teams still have him or have brought him in the last bunch of weeks. So to have that half and center duel, especially in a week where we got Cleary out, you might have a few other uh, origin guys, DCE and all these kind of guys not backing up possibly, then you know, having this dual position is going to be really strong. And to have him as a center keeper as well is absolutely awesome. So I think he's a really good option this week. You're not going to get him any cheaper, I don't think, if he keeps, you know, if he maintains this role. You can see in the games where he gets to the bigger kick meters, like like here, we got 50, 48, 49. He only had one low score in there. And that's when, you know, a few things didn't go too right for him. He, had, he only had 40 run meters, 240 kick meters. There's not much going on, but the rest of him, he's been really strong. So, Avrilo, I think, is a great option for anyone's side this week and, you know, the week's coming. 
We'll move on to Shawnee Johnson, who is starting to have a, a much better season, obviously becoming the dominant playmaker now. At the Sharks, he's kicking all the goals, which is good, which he has been for uh, just this last week with Townsend kicking before that. So him getting six goals to kick is, is awesome. Obviously, he's not going to be scoring that many tries every week. But having that addition to the uh, to his scoring is great. And you can look at last year's scores, and there's a bunch of scores in the 50s, a few 70s in there, uh, 60, you know, really, really nice scores there. And that's with him kicking goals and being the dominant playmaker, right? He did have Townsend by his side, but now he has Moylan, who's going to be kicking even less than normal. You can see that the last two weeks, right? He's got 412 kick meters, 409 kick meters. And anyone who has 400 kick meters for 20 points, and let's just slot in three goals a week for the Sharks. Let's say that they can they can score three to four tries a week. You're looking at 30 points just in, you know, almost 30 points just in the kicking and uh, the goals. Let alone the tackles that he's going to, you know, he's going to accumulate probably 10 points in tackles. You know, if you get 15 minus a couple of missed tackles. He's sitting closer to 40 in base already. Add in any run meters, any tackle breaks, any... Yeah, line break assists, try assists, whatever you want to do. And you're looking at a score and an average around that 50 mark, which is really, really solid. So right now he's priced at 606, which is only just above that 43 average that he has right now. He's a complete pod at the moment with you know pretty much no one owning him in the top 5,000. So for him and your sides, I think he's someone that you can get in fairly cheap. The question would be, if you don't have Avrilo, do you pick Avrilo or Johnson in the half position? And I think you almost pick Avrilo, which is crazy to say because he's in the Dogs team. But you saw what happened with like Lockie Lewis in the last bunch of years. When he was that dominant playmaker in the, in the Dogs, literally everything goes through him. The kicking's there. They're going to get a lot of tackles. You know, it all just kind of falls into place for him. And if they run the ball a little bit, then then even better. But yeah, I'd probably almost pick Avrilo. But Johnson's also a solid option. One of the other guys that I think is almost a must-have this week is Ramian. So you're looking at Tohu, Ramian, Avrilo as all real... Uh, Real strong options this week. And you see he's, he's, uh, he's average of 51, and that includes his injury-affected game. So he's averaging about 58 apart from that. And you can see literally he went off uh, 10 minutes early in his in his first game because of a sin bin. Um, and the rest of them in 48, 72, 57, and 86. So incredibly strong through you know, running sideways, getting the tackle breaks, just a strong player in general, running good meters. So he's someone that could be a really strong keeper for the rest of the year in the centers. And I... I wouldn't hold off. I wouldn't push anyone to stay away from him at all. At 570k, he's obviously a bit more expensive than a lot of the other centers. If you if you need a center this week, I'd be going for Avrilo or Ramian, both you know, interchangeable, whichever, whichever one you'd like to pick. If you're sitting there with two centers, like myself there sitting with like an Opacek, let's just say I'm sitting with Opacek and Jack, Jack Bird, Opacek and, and Joey Manu, then I wouldn't be trading out any of those guys for Ramian. But if you wanted some uh, center cover, then I think you can trade someone else. Like if you had a bit extra cash, you can do that. Oh, you took a Manu, um, you know, whoever you got around that 500k mark, 600k that you need to trade or you don't think's a keeper, then you can move him on to one of these centers. And, and then you have cover <clears throat> as you go along through the season. You don't want to be making trades, you know, one week trades just for centers or, or any position for that matter. So having cover is going to be great there. And maybe one of those guys becomes your 18th man, like an Opacek who's you know 38 average off 39 average kind of thing. So that's uh, something to think about with uh, Raymond there. We could have a quick chat about uh, some of the Bunnies players who I don't think are incredible options, if I'm being honest. Colin Matangi had a couple of good scores there, 67-67, then three really light ones into a good score again. So I don't think he's worth it. I don't think he's a keeper. So 
people are asking me about him. I just don't think it's worth bringing him in. He, he can make a tiny bit of cash, slash score you an average of 45 over the next bunch of weeks. Plays in 17, but then you'd have to move him on. And I just don't think he's a perfect option for anyone's side at this point. Adam Reynolds, similar kind of thing. At 634K, he's obviously priced, you know, according to a couple of slightly lower scores across the year, like, you know, sitting at a 35, obviously lost him a little bit of money. And he lost it a couple, a little bit, sorry, lost a little bit of money through the middle of the season there with a couple of low scores. So he's priced slightly under that 51.6 average. But for me, the 51.6 in the halves is probably a little bit unders, if we're being honest. Yes, he has to completely control this Rabbitohs side. He's obviously done that on a regular basis anyway. But when it comes to round 14, he's going to be doing that. Uh, sorry, round 17, he'll be doing that as well. So they go. 14, 15, 16. Yeah, they've got Cowboys in 17, so that should be a, an okay game for him. But for me, Reynolds, just slightly under that that top tier in the halves. And if, you, if you're having a real catastrophe this year, this week and you don't just have 635k to bring in someone, then maybe you can do Reynolds, but I wouldn't be you know, rushing to get him at all. Uh, the other one's Campbell Graham, which I, who I think is someone that we can just watch over the next few weeks. He's a 495k which is still a an okay price. He's obviously had a, a bunch of good weeks there leading up to him being out and getting injured. So 63, 28, 43, and 58 returns with a 32 and a 20. So in that case, I'd be waiting you know, with a higher break even. In the 50s, I'd be waiting a few weeks and maybe pick him up if you have a center catastrophe in round 17. But other than that, I'd be holding off on Campbell at this stage. All right, so we move to the Raiders now. We go to Corey Harawiranaira. Obviously, you can see the, the teams that I'm going through, guys. So if you if there's someone in this little list here that you are interested in, in hearing about, then please jump forward in the video to that. I haven't done any timestamps. But yeah, that's what you can uh, you can do there, obviously, as well. At the same time, really appreciate if you uh, if you hit that subscribe button. If you aren't yet, and please hit like and comment down below the types of players in this list you're going to be going for this week. All right, Corey Howard and Ira. Comes in with a negative break even, averaging fifty five for the season, and that includes a couple of uh, a couple of lower games, with a forty nine and a thirty to start. Forty six next week, he's come out with a bang the last three, getting fifty seven, sixty, and eighty seven, only with one try for the year. So amazing work. And what you're seeing is is his tackle numbers increase nicely. So thirty seven, thirty seven, forty four, forty two. His run meters in the last three weeks have gone up, which I think is definitely sustainable. If you look at his uh, his previous years. There's a bunch of games over 100, but when he was with the Dogs, he wasn't used as an attacking weapon as much. In this Raiders team, they're using him a lot more, and I think he's really grown as a player and as a person, from what I'm I'm gathering, just based on his play on the park. He's someone that likes to run a little bit sideways as well and get the odd odd nice tackle break, but if you're getting close to 100 metres in in run metres and then 30 to 40 tackles, that's 45 to 50 points in in base, and if he can continue that, I think he's an absolute steal at 560. Who could be someone that's worth 700k and be a you know almost a keeper level player on the edge. So I think he's definitely worth the risk. And you can see in the top hundred, he's got 37% ownership, 47% ownership in the top 5,000. So you know with a 19% overall ownership, you can see that a lot of the people in the top 5k really think that he's going to be someone that's going to do really well for their squad. So I think Corey is a great option for anyone's side going forward and someone I'll be targeting this week especially all right let's get Johnny Sutton what a player um Ryan Sutton there 560k has obviously dropped back a little bit after getting injured for that one that one random week um and obviously didn't get to play in round 13 so 
In terms of his scoring, now he had a really nice purple patch from round three to round seven, and then comes in with a bunch of lower games. And this is kind of you know can be very very normal for for these types of players who we who we talk about as you know being possible options insides, but just haven't done it in the past. Like they've got some random good scores in twenty twenty, in some decent roles through the middle, and it's happened again here. So I think he, he's someone especially that you're getting if you're picking up in your side, you're hoping for a little hot streak. Because you know that the, the down streak's gonna come, right? Yeah, he's got a bunch of sixties last year in that in that little period, and then he goes back to thirties and forties, and then he even gets an interchange role. So who knows what's gonna happen with the Raiders at the moment? I probably select I'd probably select only one of these guys, and I think at the same price point, I think you get a better option in CK Chen than you do Ryan Sutton. So that's that there. Alright, someone to talk about at the moment is Morgan Harper, and, and people were worried about Dylan Walker coming in and taking this center spot. And what you can see is that hasn't happened with Dylan Walker coming back off the bench. And I think that's completely fair. With how good the the Manly boys have been playing, I think Harper deserves his spot. And in fantasy-wise, he's been scoring scoring accordingly, scoring really well. So you can see just how consistent he's been. Uh, 27 in his first game this year when he came back. Well, he got pushed, he got pushed back into the side. 34, 36, 47, 53, 47, 40, and 50. Really good scores, right? For an average of 42. So take out those first two, and he's averaging close to 45 there, and, and you're really happy with that score. For someone that hasn't even scored, a, he scored one try for the year. So if you envision that he's going to score a couple more tries, then I think that he becomes a great option. He even even got 32 tackles and 25 tackles for any you know five missiles, misses combined. So he's someone that also is a great option in the centres at a, a solid price as well, and very highly unowned compared to like Avrilo, for example. So... Him and Ramian become very nice pod options if you need it. But remember, guys, they're usually pods for a reason. Or it doesn't take them too long. Like Toe Harris was a pod at the start of the season. It doesn't take them too long to build their ownership if they continue to score well. So if you pick up Harper, it's probably a week or two earlier than the rest of the people do. But he could become a great option in round 17 as well. In terms of anyone else, we have Schuster. I just wanted to mention him in there. If you're thinking about trading him out, I think it's probably slightly a mistake at this stage. Unless you have no one else to trade out and you really need a 16th or 17th play this week, I'd be holding Schuster with a 52 average. He'll get back into his role in the 12th jersey and he can go from there. So I'd be trying to stay away from trading him out. All right, Jason Tamalolo, 678. Pretty simple one, this one, guys. He has a high break even. Coming off 829, obviously got Sinbin in that one. So he's only got two big scores, 84 and 50. If he can continue to get back to those scores, then I think a lot of people will look to pick him up this uh, this next few weeks. But I think you can wait with him. With that high break even, he's not really owned by many people. Yes, he could come out and score well straight away, but I think it's worth holding off on Jason at this point. The other interesting one that we want to talk about is Tommy Dearden. And, and really, this is just going to be looking at his previous scores with the Broncos in 2020. If you look from round 12 onwards, he's got 37, 64, 53, 72 couple of 30s, 54 in there, 51. Uh, and yeah, come in and got a 54 in 2019 as well. So some solid scores for him in that more dominant role. And you look at his kick meters and are all over 200 meters except for one game, right? When when he played for the Broncos this year, he only he was sort of sharing that role with either Croft or Milford. I don't want to know, work out who the other pairings were he had. But, you know, scores of 32, 41 in 65 and 70 minutes after being you know, taken off early. Uh, he didn't have a 34 in his 80 minutes, but that included them getting absolutely hammered by the Panthers. And a 23. So not great at this at this stage. And he, he comes over to the Cowboys with a fairly high break even. So you can see how he plays. 
but he is someone that I think is going to be the dominant half. Obviously, Drink, he's playing really well, but he's going to be more the running half, and Dearden's going to be the the, the more controlling half in this in this squad. And we're interested to see if he comes in and really takes over the squad, and if he does, I think he's going to be a real steal at about 400, 450k, somewhere between there over the next few weeks. Going to be playing in round 17. He's owned by no one. I think he will be <coughs> a solid option. Sorry about that. All right, now last two. Joey Manu is someone I have in my side. My, my thoughts with him is just that he scores much better when he ends up getting moved to the six roll or the one roll, which you can tell from his, his most previous score in round 12, and he got 73. So he's got a 47 in the centers there, 39 as well. Obviously, some games he moves around. He got 42 in round eight. But just slightly inconsistent is probably the main worry with him. You could pick him up and he could go cold and get a couple of 30s for the next few weeks. And you're like, oh, why didn't I pick up Ramian or Avrilo or whatever? I definitely would prefer to have those guys on my side, but I don't think he's worth trading out, especially when he's going to be playing round 17. So obviously, uh, I'm one of those, what, 14 people in the top 1,000 that own him. So there you go. Um, but yeah, someone there is an option. I'd probably hold off a little bit. He's uh, got a low break even because of that high score, but I think you can hold off on Joey at this stage. And we'll move to our last player, guys, which is going to be Satili Tupanua. And the question will be, when when does Cordner come back? We don't know what's happening there. And, and if he does, then he takes he will take Satili's spot. He won't take Crichton's spot for anyone that suggested that that might be the case. For everyone that's hating on Angus this year for some reason, his, his fantasy scores, his gameplay in general, I don't know. Anyway... But Satili, when he gets um, some big minutes, he scores, scores a bunch of tries, gets some good scores. So he obviously had a 12-minute role, an interchange role, which killed his uh, overall average there. And a game there where he came off a bit early, even scoring well. Uh, and just that last game, I know that was the first game in 2020. So yeah, the majority of his scores have been really well and if you, uh, really good. And if you take those couple of low ones out, he's averaging way over 50. And for a guy that's 588k on the edge, I think he's a solid option. But I think he'd take CHN over Satili at this point. So... They're, the, uh, they're all the options, guys, for round 17. I know that was a pretty long video, but I hope that was really helpful in in getting you guys across sort of the all the types of players that you look you want to be looking towards uh, for round 17. There obviously are a bunch of these guys, but then you're going to want to be keeping all your origin guys and all your keepers that you, you brought in for round 13. And that's going to help you build that gun 17 by the end of the year. So I hope you enjoyed this, guys. Please do like and subscribe. And we'll catch you in the next few videos where we analyze my teams. We're going to go through some of the guys you might want to hold on to that you picked up for round 13. And we'll go from there, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.